0: Good morning, everyone. Um, Galatians chapter five, verses thirteen to twenty-six will be found on in the gold fronted Bible, on page one thousand one hundred and seventy-two, and on the plain one like this, uh, page eight hundred and twenty-six. Galatians five, thirteen to twenty-six. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summoned up in a single command, love your neighbour as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say provoking and envying each other.
1: G'day, everyone. My name's Benjamin. It's my honour to uh, uh, look through this great passage with this call to freedom. I once read of a driver getting caught doing 210 kilometres an hour down the highway. Uh, one of you can't relate to that in the same way as what this guy can. It was in southern New South Wales... I knew the spot well because people were getting caught speeding there all the time. It was a lovely flat spot where you could try out the limits of your car if you were of a mind, but the police knew that too. Uh, But when this guy was asked why he was going so fast, the driver said that actually he had diplomatic immunity. He was a guest in Australia working for an embassy uh, and uh, he was therefore free from prosecution. The police did give him a fine, but there was, there's no legal obligation for him to pay. Actually, as I looked into the story uh, more deeply, I found that uh, a lot of embassy officials have racked up fines that they don't need to pay. One embassy in particular, uh, the, that country's diplomatic staff, has racked up $140,000 in speeding fines that are unpaid and never will be. They don't have to pay because they're not under law. They're free to do what they like, or so they think. Well, what about us? When we get a taste of freedom, how are we likely to respond? Maybe if we thought we were free on the road, well, we'd put our our feet down, our foot down, regardless of the safety risks. Are we tempted to push freedom to its limit for our own ends? The big question here is, if we get freedom, does that necessarily lead to abuse? That's the accusation Paul was facing here in Galatians. He's addressing the Galatian Christians and we've seen how they were under attack from the outside. A group of people from Jerusalem who'd been trying to persuade them that they needed to submit to the law again. They needed to submit to Jewish food laws and submit to circumcision. Uh, Paul's repeatedly said that's not what freedom is about. But as we'll see, there's an attack from the inside as well. The Galatians are suffering an attack from people within the church who appear to be hurting each other because they're claiming this freedom, freedom to abuse, freedom to be spiteful, selfish and immoral internal conflict and selfishness do you think that might still be a problem for our church i do and i think we'd benefit from paul's words here as well let's take a look paul's answer is that you're called to be free yes but that freedom is incompatible with the old way of life The first verse in today's passage has some very important words. We're reading from verse 13 if you want to open your Bibles and have a look. Galatians 5.13 You, my brothers, were called to be free. Paul's answer from verse 13 is that you were called. Let those words sink in. You were called. We're going to talk about this, but uh, just so I know you heard me, uh, you were what? called thank you you were called this is the essence of the gospel which we've been talking about throughout the letter to the galatians it's not just the galatians who were called every christian is first called by god not because of what they did but because of what christ has done god has called us out before we even knew him called us by the undeserved favour that comes from the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus who gave up his life to buy us back out of slavery, to redeem us from slavery to sin. Yes, yes, we get that. Redemption, called, bought back, say the Galatians, we get that. We've been called. But what are we called into Are we called into circumcision? Are we called into the Mosaic law? Are we called into the synagogue? That's what they were asking. Paul says, no, you were called to be free. You were called to be free. Just so you heard me, you were called to be free. free. Thank you. What does it mean to be made free? Free. Well, we might think of a caged animal set free. You know, like those rodeo bulls that are snorting away back in behind the gate and they're waiting for that gate to open so they can be free to wreak as much damage as they can on whoever is in their path. Is that what freedom means to you? The bull gets a taste of freedom and that's it. It's scary what happens next. And it's no wonder some people think that freedom necessarily leads to abuse if that's their idea of freedom. It's not just animals we're worried about because humans know how to abuse their freedom too. You know the old saying, absolute power corrupts absolutely. We've seen too many examples of people with no accountability total freedom, who just go on to abuse it. A colleague of mine was given uh, the company credit card and no real accountability over what he did with it. It turns out that over 20 years he, well, at last count, had spent $450,000 on paying off his home bills and buying cars for his family. Freedom can lead to abuse. Give people an inch and they'll take a mile, so they say. But that's not how freedom is supposed to work. If we have been called, and you were called, into God's kingdom, out of slavery to sin, then we should no longer be slaves to sin at all. Our freedom shouldn't lead back that way at all. We pick it up from verse 13b. He says, Not using your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Not using your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Back in Paul's day, people didn't live long, generally. Penicillin hadn't been discovered yet. And so if you got a little scratch, a little cut, that could pretty much be the end of you. If you didn't wash it correctly or just circumstances happened, the infection could start and the infection could spread because there was no way of checking it. And eventually off comes that arm or that foot or your whole body is just slowly destroyed. Just as one little cut could cause a big infection, that's the point Paul is making here about indulging the sinful nature. See, the word he uses for indulge could be translated as starting point, staging point, jumping off point, Ground zero. What he's saying is, just like one little cut could become ground zero for the infection to spread, don't let your freedom become ground zero for sin to start developing and destroying you as a person, as a church. Verse 15 seems to explain why Paul points this out. It seems that some of the Galatian Christians have been biting and devouring each other abusing their freedom to attack each other and if that's how they exercise their freedom it's going to be a jumping off point a ground zero for the infection of sin to creep back into their lives and into their community and destroy each other and destruction of the church won't be far behind either Haven't we seen this in churches even today when people under the guise of freedom go on to hurt each other with their words and their actions when they lie and cheat. If only they understood what true freedom is to be used for. So rather than using your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, what is it that we're free to do? Verse 13 again. Free to serve each other in love. Free to serve each other in love. Freedom is not for abuse at all. Even better, it is for loving each other. So we're free to love. We're not compelled to love. We're free to love. Even though in verse 14, Paul points out that loving each other will fulfill the law that doesn't mean we're compelled to do it you love because god has called you to be free he frees you from the sinful nature and frees you to serve one another in love but if you're like me you might not feel free all the time you might not feel like serving each other at all is is that just me i know it's not You know, we know, we still need help in exercising this freedom the appropriate way. Well, as the saying goes, membership has its benefits. When I'm invited to join a club or group, I get some membership benefits. It might just be a key ring or a bumper sticker, but I enjoy getting that little benefit to remind me that I belong... And when we're called into the kingdom of God, we get a membership benefit as well, but it's not a trinket. It's quite significant. Let's have a look from verse 16. Verse 16 So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature, they're in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. What's the membership benefit? It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit that shows us how to live. But how does it show us the way to live? Is the spirit shouting in our ears a new set of commands and laws like some cosmic drill sergeant or a boot camp trainer? No. Is it penalising us with the threat of expulsion from the kingdom if we dare disobey? No. Look at verse 16 again and spot the difference as I read it incorrectly. So I say, live by the Spirit and you must not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Did you notice the word I replaced? No, it's not that Paul says you must not gratify sinful desires, but you will not gratify sinful desires. Your freedom does not come with a new command but rather it's now a case of it just being incompatible with the old way of life. Let me explain. When I was a young adult, I was, I was living interstate and studying, but I wanted to travel home to see my parents, and I flew home. But I had need of a car while I was back in the family home, and my stepfather had a great car, a car I'll never drive. <laughs> well, except for that little time that he let me use it. He was happy for me to borrow his car. He was giving it to me for use, but uh, he said he wasn't happy with me parking it on the inner city streets in Sydney and it would be right that I go and find a parking garage. Uh, You wouldn't want to park it on the city streets. You would want to go and pay for parking, he said. Uh, Being the brash young man I was, uh, knowing the ways of the world... Um, I, I reacted to what I perceived was an order. Are you telling me that your love is conditional, your gift is conditional, that I, I must follow your rules if you're going to give me a gift? That's, that sounds like a cheap gift. Um, you know, he's saying, no, 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 I'm not ordering you. I'm not ordering you to do this. I'm saying if a person had a gift like this, he would want to look after it. We went back and forth because I couldn't understand. I was like, you're ordering me. You're telling me. No. Having the gift is now incompatible with abusing the gift. Having the gift is now means you will want to look after it. That's similar to what Paul is saying here. Verse 17, the spirit is contrary to flesh. Flesh contrary to spirit. They're in conflict. They're in conflict. Incompatible. You are called into the kingdom of God. You are given freedom. You are given the Holy Spirit. That is incompatible with the old sinful way in which you used to live. Paul is not issuing orders or new laws or commands. Rather, Paul reminds us that our calling our freedom, is incompatible with sinful desire. So your life in Christ will now look nothing like what it used to, those old ways. If we have a proper understanding of God's grace and his call, should we even need commands anymore? If we recognise the blessing of being free to do what we want then will we really use that freedom to abuse each other? No, instead we'll recognise that we're now free to do what pleases God and that's incompatible with any sinful desire. And so we come to the lists From verse 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The list of sinful desires. There's three sexual sins two of religious deviation, but the overwhelming majority of these desires are failures in relationships, personal relationships. Paul is really trying to show the grace of God will affect our relationships with each other. It's not that Paul is establishing a new set of laws and rules. He's saying a spirit-led life is incompatible with those things. And so he makes the warning of verse 21 that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? Is Paul saying that we could lose our inheritance in heaven? Is he saying that once called by grace, our actions could actually disqualify us from God's family? Well, No, no, he's not saying that. That would contradict what Paul says elsewhere, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. But on the other hand, this is a serious warning. Paul is saying these habits, the continual practice of these habits that he's listed, are incompatible with the freedom that we've been called to. Of course, we might make the occasional slip And in fact, this verse should remind us that we can never take this sort of slip lightly. But we will never think that such a slip-up is okay, acceptable for someone who is in Christ. I think the easiest way to test this is with the it's who I am test. If anyone says anger, that's just who I am. I'm just an angry man. You can't change me. Or drunkenness. Yeah, that's just who I, part of who I am. It won't change. Or envy. Yeah, I'm given to envy. That's just the sort of person I am. That's just who I am. It's not going to change. Then that person refuses to recognise their freedom that has been given in Christ. And I think this is saying that if they refuse to accept that they are free to be something different, then is their faith even genuine at all? Because if anyone is in Christ, they will understand that God has called us out of these things that are listed here. They understand that who I am is a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. Rather, the habitual sins here are incompatible with our new life in Christ. So God has called us out of these things. And what has he called us into? Verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit which is in every believer, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Note again, there's no command here, no law, just description. It's a description of what your new life will look like when you take advantage of the freedom that you have been called into. Put simply, these lists describe the way we love and serve each other as the appropriate response to God's gift of freedom. You are now free to do what's right. And again, the list of fruit is primarily about relationships, love, peace, patience. Not the sort of things you can perfect while you're alone. When Paul calls us to serve one another, he's clearly talking about a gathering of people. An assembly of people. A group of people who've been called out into God's kingdom. A group of people who've been called out of darkness called out of their sinful nature, called out of slavery, called out of unbelief? Can you work out who Paul might be talking about? He's talking about the church. The church is where we exercise our freedom, serving one another through love. Church is where we make sense of this gift that we've been given of this freedom that we've been called into, where we recognise the depths of God's grace and we see the miracle of freedom in action. We don't need commandments. We don't need orders. We don't need bylaws. That way didn't work. Rather, we start living out our freedom by serving one another in love. At times we all feel the temptation to abuse our freedom, just like the, uh, the bull behind that gate. To treat it with contempt, just like that speeding driver putting his foot down like a maniac. But we know that it's not the right way to live, because our freedom isn't compatible with abuse. Our freedom is about service, about love. If you truly understand freedom, you will serve and love you won't accept that your current level of living is good enough. That it's just who I am doesn't, is not an excuse to just continue the way you are. Rather, we will strive and strive to serve in love because that is what we are now free to do. And God's family, the church, provides the perfect opportunity to practice that serving – With the help of the Holy Spirit, so let's think about how we can serve our church. Serve not out of obligation, not out of commandment. Serving one another in love is not a command, it is true freedom. And in order to remind us of just how important the Christian life is, Paul points us back to Christ Jesus himself from verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, not becoming conceited, provoking and envying each other. Jesus Christ was truly free. After all, he was truly God, unbound, infinite, eternal, free to do as he liked. And yet, he chose to be born into human misery. He exercised his freedom by choosing to serve, by choosing to suffer, by choosing to be humbled, by choosing to love, choosing the cross. He was free and he chose to obey. By his perfect obedience, Jesus became an acceptable sacrifice on the cross acceptable to god the father crucified for you and for me the sinful nature was crucified if we are in him the sinful nature is crucified in him and so the sinful nature is no longer just who i am no we now recognize that the sinful nature is incompatible with our new life in christ verse 25 becomes our new way of freedom Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The passage warned us before, remember, not about the occasional slip-up, but about the continual, habitual abuse of freedom. So now this verse points us to not the occasional effort of love, but the continual, habitual Practice of our freedom by serving in love, keeping in step with the Spirit. So, does freedom lead to abuse? That's certainly how the rest of the world sees it. Better not give people freedom. And yet, in Australia, we are apparently one and free, or so the anthem goes, and yet our families, our workplaces, our nation all plagued by arguments, ambition and rivalry. Our churches too are racked with backbiting and dissent, provoking and envying our communities, sexual immorality, factions. These things, like an infection, go on to destroy people and destroy churches. Churches become just like the world they're called to be out of. But we are free. We are free to belong to God's kingdom. A kingdom that is incompatible with sinful desire. Our sinful desires are crucified in Christ by the power of the Spirit. If you are having trouble with sinful desires, go back to the cross. Understand what grace is. Understand what God has called you out of And exercise your freedom by serving one another in love. Are you like the speeding driver, revelling in your freedom to put the foot down and destroy your life? Are you like the snorting bull, just waiting for a chance at freedom so you can do whatever damage you can? Or are you the one who has accepted their call into God's kingdom? free to serve God's family in love. If so, your life will now be the daily practice of that freedom, the daily exercise of that freedom, led by the Spirit as free citizens of God's kingdom in Christ. Let's pray. Lord, this is a challenging word. Lord, you have brought us the concept of freedom which we so naturally tend to think leads to abuse. And yet, Lord, this is your pattern for us. Free now to discard the old way of life. freed through the crucifixion of the sinful nature. Free now to serve one another in love. Lord, with the help of your spirit, we will do it.
0: In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.